0: all right are you ready for it this is the onto something podcast with zane i am your host that does not enjoy hostess cupcakes although i will say a guilty pleasure in high school was a twinkie once or twice but that's all i promise to you is just once or twice hey we're on the final episode of part one of the restless series and before we dive into uh the final part which by the way there's three parts of this series so if you're like you haven't covered anything yet we're going to get there. But before we do that, I want to just let you know something that's coming down the pipe. That's really fun and exciting. We are going to be doing a giveaway that's in tandem with this series. And the way that you can start having entries to the giveaway, we're going to release all the information on our social media. So follow us on onto something pod. The way we're gonna release information is there on social media but the first step in which you can be a part of the giveaway is going to our bio and being able to enter yourself on the email list. Now, what is this giveaway we're giving away? That's the most exciting part. We are giving away what we call the moon kit, which once again, you're going to have to wait to see what all is in the giveaway bundle. But basically this is an entire bundle of resting essentials that could possibly be yours. Your hands could be on it. So anyways, if you haven't signed up for the email list, go to our Instagram bio, you can enter your email and you'll immediately have an entry. If you're already an existing email person, well, we already let you know about the benefit that you've got there. So we're on episode three and that is what is about to release today. And I just I have no I have no better way to just describe this episode is basically my life it has all my favorite things in it between Annie F Downs uh, there's a parallel to Incredibles 2 which is one of the best Pixar movies sorry correction not one of the Pixar movies I know you would come after me with the dms but it's a great episode let's go ahead and hop into it restless episode number three Has one of your wrestlings in life ever been about rest itself? Yep, that's right. I'm bringing you on the floor. I'm calling you out here. I'm speaking to all of you who have the hard inner critics. I'm speaking to those of you who have become professional boxers at beating yourself up. I'm speaking to the worriers out there who are hard on themselves. I'm definitely a part of this fight club, but I'm going to break the first rule of fight club, which is I'm going to talk about this club, or better yet, this common inner wrestling. If you're anything like me, I would guess that you wrestle at times with the idea of rest because it brings on guilt or complacency. Why would I take time to rest? It almost feels selfish or a waste of time when I could be out there doing, changing, or helping someone or something. I guess in this way, I have standards for myself that rest shouldn't be a requirement. It almost sounds like it's a luxury. But why in the world is the world designed and everything in our world designed with a rhythm? if that's the case, as if we don't have this built-in function with humanity, that we shouldn't be people who just go, go, go. And there's a conclusion that I've reached, and it's not a very deep one, but here it is. If my phone has a built-in moon mode, then why in the world do I think that I shouldn't have a moon mode for myself? Is that really clear? Now, I'm sure you're probably wondering what in the world is that man talking about with the moon mode, and I've heard many normal people call it by the title of Do Not Disturb Mode, but this has never made sense to me. The icon has moon on it. When you click it, the moon appears. It's a button that activates the moon, people. It's a valuable button. The Do Not Disturb button is on our phone, so my question for you that I want to get to the bottom of in this episode is is do you use your moon mode? Not just on your phone, but in your entire person. Now, let me explain this a little bit further because I know we've gotten very ambiguous with the whole moon mode phrasing, but I don't just want to explain it. I'll use, um, hmm, what should I use? Uh, Let's use the Incredibles 2 as a way to explain it, which, you know, just bless up that they finally created a second one. Now, I don't know why it took them 9 years to produce it, but whatever it is, I'm all for it. My favorite scene is the one that I feel like I personally relate to a thousand times over, minus the whole like, you know, superhero double life thing and having kids and animation and what well, you get my point. But it's when the family's father, Mr. Incredible reaches the end of his rope in the second movie. Their entire family is made of superheroes, but only the mom is the active one at the time who's going out and being super, lit, which leaves Mr. Incredible to be the keeper of the household. And on top of him being ill-equipped for the task, he discovers that his youngest, which his name is, very good, Jack-Jack, Has mystical superpowers in which he can turn into objects, he can float through walls, he can go into different dimensions. You know, the usual kindergarten stuff. And his kids call in reinforcement at one point because dad's not making the cut. He hasn't slept in days, he can't remember anything And then the conversation happens between him and his close friend Frozone, played by Samuel L. Jackson. My favorite line of all time, I just need some me time. I laugh at his saying because I find myself regularly saying it throughout my weeks. Have you not found yourself also in a place or a state where when life kicks the wind out of you, you're like, I just I just need some me time. It's been a long day, long week long year when's the last time you've thought about having some me time here's the thing about rest there is proactive rest and reactive rest reactive rest is the type of rest that's forced after you're in a state of i need some me time reactive waits until you're exhausted proactive rest doesn't wait but anticipates Proactive rest is a rhythm of resting, whether you feel like you need it or not. And in this series, we're talking about the latter, not the former. We're shooting for you to embody proactive rest with your entire body. Which all of this self-initiated rest talk makes you wonder, aren't we just talking about self-care? Which is a great question, I'm glad you brought it up. Go you, way to ask that. When people talk about self-care, I usually see one of two postures that happens with it. One is the person who disregards it because they find it to be anonymous with selfishness. They see it as a cover-up for making it justifiable to do things for themselves. Those who hold this perspective and my friends, I've also found them to be the most tired people on the planet. And also kind of tiring. And then there are those who embrace it as the end-all be-all to life. They love them some self-care to the point where self-care is the end goal of life. Life is all about interacting and playing your cards in such a way that you can get the most self-care time possible. This is where we obviously shouldn't be satisfied with either of these outlooks because neither is the true type of rest that we're talking about for yourself or at least what we believe is what is most restful. There's a truth behind the sigh every time we think, I just need some me time. And there's a reason why self-care has become such a valuable word in which people are wanting to know how to do it. And you know what the reason is? Because if you care about life, you have to care about caring. Let's introduce Jesus into this conversation by recapping a conversation he had once in the book of matthew and this is in chapter 22 for those of you who really like to nerd out but you'll recognize that at one point while jesus was discussing the ways of life he basically went off by saying that there is a command that's greater than all the rest of the commands out there now let's just pause for a second jesus said that there is something of greater importance out of all the things he says and the two greatest things you can do that, Jesus says, is love God with all that you have and to love whoever is next to you with much as energy as you love yourself. This is the great umbrella describing the purpose of life, but there's an implied handle to this umbrella that you must hold on to with this statement. The handle being How Jesus implies a life of love is one where you love yourself. In order to give love to the world, you have to have a self to give. We know how to love people well if we know how to love ourselves well. And how do we know how to love ourselves well? We love ourselves in the same way that God has poured out his love on you with every breath, and with every care for you. A loved heart pours out love into other people's hearts. And here's the thing with self-care. Self-care is a must, as long as the end goal, the mission of self-care, is not the first word in the phrase. Self. Self Self-care is the starting place, but God and others are the finish line for self-care. We care about caring for ourselves in order to care for the things of God and the creation of God that God cares about. Why? A rested you gives rest to a restless world around you. Maybe take another shot at. John Eldridge, what I like to call the human whisperer, has a beautiful way of actually getting at this in his last book that he wrote, To Get Your Life Back. And it kind of embodies what is trying to be said in some of the things that I've already said. He says it like this. How you treat your heart is most likely how you will treat other people's hearts as well. End quote. Treat your heart poorly and you will most likely love others poorly. Seek rest for your soul and you will give other people's souls rest. You know, I accidentally ran into this truism a couple years ago while I was at coffee with a friend. They were facing a really tough situation in which they were just verbally processing all over me. And I sat and I listened and I was slowly conquered, to quote Julius Caesar. That's actually not the quote, but you get what I'm saying. At one point, I remember I bursted out at him. I was like, you know, you're going to have to make up your mind. This phase of life that you're in, By the time you make the decision, this phase will already have ended. And I remember them just sitting there as I just lashed out at them, blinking at me like the world's cutest dog that's just wanting a chicken strip but uh, doesn't understand why you won't give it to them. After I did some damage control, I remember driving back home asking, Where in the world did that come from? A deep, scary, Place in Zane's soul. That's where it came from. I remember walking through the door of our house and it hitting me. Their thoughts were bringing up my thoughts about decisions that I've been exhaustively laboring over with what to do. Actually, one decision in particular, I was feeling rushed. I felt like no one cared, and I was speaking harshly to myself for days on end before I could make this decision. I spoke harshly to my heart, and my heart spoke harshly to someone else. That's when it washed over me. How I treat my heart is how I will treat other people's hearts. I remember calling them up that night and actually giving the best piece of wisdom I probably gave that entire year. Forget everything I ever said. And that's the night where I made the pact with myself. It's been a direction turner for my entire life because the conclusion sank from my head to my heart in that moment. The best gift, you got to hear this, the best gift I can give the world is the gift of a healthy zane to the world. If I'm grabbing coffee with people, if I'm listening to God for people, if I'm talking in your earbuds, If I'm inserting myself into people's lives for the sake of being an encouraging presence to them, my internal and external self must be healthy. Without it, there's very little that I can actually give to the world. Or maybe better said, there's very little that God can give through me. I take a moon mode every week in order to wrestle well for others. I must admit this is difficult because when I miss something going off the grid or when I miss a crisis in someone's life and I have a voicemail the day after or there's major news that everyone knows and I haven't known because I wasn't there or when my coworkers all made a decision without me because I took time to rest. I have to soothe the guiltiness in my soul. I have to remind myself that to take a moon mode is not an option, but it's a proactive choice to be able to give something in the other six days of the week. I need a moon mode, and you need a moon mode. So here's the deal. This episode is the ending of part one, and it's one of three for this series for which we'll call Restless. The first part, I was hoping to just get some unpacking around restlessness. The second part is going to be about rest itself, and then the third will be about wrestling out of our restedness. I don't even know if restedness is a word, so don't come at me with another DM. But in part two of this series, I'll unpack what goes into carving out a time of rest. And more specifically, I'll talk about the ancient mood mode, one that's been recognized by Judaism and also Christianity that people have called Sabbath through the ages. I'll unpack how it's not just rest for rest's sake, but for how it's a form of rest that connects you to another being in the universe, and it may just remind you what type of human being you are. Rest may start with yourself, but it cannot end with yourself. There is someone greater to know through rest that you can allow your soul to rest in. And I hope to create some notes in which you and I can compare how we do and don't tackle rest or maybe where to start if you never have. Also get extremely practical and creative with some ways to make rest happen, even in the midst of COVID, even if you're in lockdown, even if you're not in your normal place that you call home. But until next time, let me leave you with a next step that isn't even my step. It's one from our good friend, Annie F. Downs, of course, who when she's talking about taking a self-inventory of herself, in a restless place at life, she finds it very helpful to ask this question. If one of my friends were in the place that I'm currently in, what would I tell them to do as a good friend? If one of my friends were in the place that I'm currently in, what would I tell them as a good friend? Answering this question is usually the beginning of what we need to say to ourselves in times where we feel burned out, lost, discouraged, or yes, even restless. Discover what you would say as a good friend to someone else. And then say it to yourself. And apply it to yourself with whatever you're wrestling in. Whatever reserves you from resting. This is the beginning of not a love of self, but self Love, And if you listen, I hope you hear your heart say what the heart of God is saying to all of us during this time in 2020. Take care. All right. Did did you see what I did there at the end? It was a little wordplay of care, take care, caring himself. Okay. Anyways, Um, (laughs) I really appreciate that you uh, were with me today, wherever we were, chilling in your car, on a walk. Who knows where we are? Give me some more places in which we're just together right now. But I wanted to remind you before we sign off that the Moon Kit is going to be coming out. It's going to be a giveaway. It's going to be a bundle of the best resting essentials we could recommend. And you could go ahead and get a way to enter into it just by being on the onto Something email list. Go to our Instagram bio, fill in your email, and we'll throw your name into the hat for it. Until next week, Remember, friends, that you are on to something.